All right. Did anybody else notice? Gardner sounds a lot like Corey. Anybody, anybody pick up on that? Slightly different build, but other than that, identical to, to Corey. I think there might be a correlation. Hey, this is, uh, this is our last time with, with me being with you guys at chapel. Let me just start by saying I have loved getting to know some of you guys, spending time with you guys. And before we go on, can we thank all of the volunteers and staff that are here making this happen? You guys are our heroes. Thank you so much for what you're doing. Um, I want to ask you guys a question. I don't know how many of you, you're used to being like in the city where when you look up in the sky you just see kind of like a, a weird glow from like all the smog and all of that reflecting off the lights. And up here on this mountain, how many of you noticed the stars last night? It was beautiful, right? Like you could actually like see the, the stars. And uh, I, I love that because I'm in the city. And so whenever I get to the mountains and I get to see the stars, I, I just love how it's a reflection of God's beauty and creativity. How many of you have ever walked under starlight? Just raise your hand. Okay. Uh, it should be all of us because it happened last night. Okay, how many of you have ever walked in the light of a, a sunrise? You've actually been up early enough, you walked in the, the light of a sunrise. Okay, how many of you have ever walked in the light of a sunset? Like just the beauty? Okay, uh, how, how many of you have ever walked under the light of like a street light? Okay, okay, a lot of us. How many of you have ever walked in the moonlight? No, you haven't. See, think, think about it for a second. The moon doesn't actually produce any light. What you have walked in when you walk in the moonlight is you're actually walking in sunlight. It's just reflecting off of the moon. Does this make sense? Nod your head yes if this makes sense. So all those other things that I said, street lights and starlights and sunrises and sunsets, that, that is producing light. But the moon doesn't actually produce any light. It just reflects light. And the reason I bring that up is because the Bible teaches that, that you and I, Jesus refers to us, if you've said yes to putting your trust in Jesus, by the way, can we celebrate those who said yes to following Jesus last night? For all who have said yes to following Jesus and received that grace in their lives, Jesus says that you are the light of the world. And, and what he means by that is we are actually a, a reflection, just like the moon reflects the sunlight. In fact, I, I have a little illustration here. This is, a, this is a mirror. And as you guys can see, man, this is fun. This is kind of like doing the wave, but with like people shouting in pain. Okay, so what's happening right now? is this mirror is not actually producing any light. <laughs> this, group, this side's a little more fun over there. Okay. So that mirror, it's not actually producing light. Do you know what it's doing? It's reflecting these lights. So this light shines down. That mirror, as I hold it up and I move it around, it is reflecting that light out to you guys. And it was blinding, wasn't it? Okay. So the Christian life, you ready? When you and I say yes to following Jesus, here, here's, here's what the Christian life is all about. 
It's us learning to receive the love, the mercy, the grace, the light of Jesus into our lives, but it's not meant to stay just put with us. The Christian life is learning to receive the love, the mercy, the grace of Jesus, listen, and then reflecting that out to others. It's to receive God's love and then to give it away. Jesus teaches us to pray, God, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God, as we receive your love, as we receive your grace, help us to reflect that into the world around us. Because listen, the world is full of darkness. There is evil in the world around us. You guys realize this. There is darkness in the world around us. There are those who are longing for something. They are chasing after something, and they don't realize it. They are running from God, yet they are searching for love and belonging and meaning and blessing and purpose, and all of those things our souls were created for. And so what you and I get to do is really, really important as we receive God's love, as we receive the truth of who Jesus is, and as we reflect it to the world around us. We just sang it a moment ago. Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness what? Tremble. Why? Because light beats darkness every time. Darkness isn't a thing. Darkness is just the absence of a thing. Darkness is just the absence of light. And so you and I, as followers of Jesus, we learn to receive the truth, the love, the grace, the mercy of Jesus and reflect it to the world around us. Pick up your Bibles in Jonah chapter 4. We're going to wrap up. You're going to be able to go home and say, hey, we read an entire book of the Bible. It's pretty impressive. Jonah chapter 4, starting in verse 1, continues, but Jonah, but to Jonah, this seemed very wrong. This is after God doesn't destroy Nineveh right away as he goes and he begins to share, you know, this eight word message of repentance. God relents, but to Jonah, this seemed very wrong. And he became angry. He prayed to the Lord, isn't this what I said, Lord, when I was still at home? That is what I tried to forestall by, that's hard to say, forestall by fleeing to Tarshish. Listen, Listen to the words of Jonah here. So Jonah, the reason why he's running from God at the very beginning of Jonah is because of this. He says, I knew, I knew that you were gracious and compassionate. God, I, I know that you are a gracious and a compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. Jonah goes, God, I knew you'd be so kind and gracious to these people. God, this is what I was trying to avoid all along. I can't believe you're doing this. God, I knew that you were so loving. God, I knew that you were compassionate. You guys remember when we started this week and I told you the whole book of Jonah, I gave you a spoiler. It's about God loves people. And that means God loves you. He loves me. God loves you no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, no matter what's been done to you. God loves people. He's crazy about people. And Jonah's like, I knew it, God. I knew you were so loving. I knew you were so compassionate. Now, Lord, verse 3, take away my life, for it's better for me to die than to live. He's very dramatic. God, you're so loving. I wish I was dead. But the Lord replied, is it right for you to be angry? It's a really good question that God asks. Jonah, is it right for you to be angry? Jonah had gone out and he sat down at a place east of the city. There he made himself a shelter, sat in its shade, and waited to see what would happen to the city. Then the Lord God provided a leafy plant and made it grow up over Jonah to give shade for his head. Now, in the drama, it was a cup of lemonade, but in the account of Jonah, it's this shady plant. 
that just makes him nice and comfortable. And he made it grow up over Jonah to give him shade for his head to ease his discomfort. And Jonah was very happy about the plant. So here he's really upset about God's love and compassion, but he's really excited for shady plants. Jonah, who's going, man, God, you're compassionate. You're so loving and gracious. I hate that. But boy, do I love foliage. Like, I just love the shade and the green leafy. It's this, like, really weird thing that the Bible's really honest about with Jonah. But at dawn the next day, God provided a worm which chewed the plant so that it withered. When the sun rose, God provided a scorching east wind, and the sun blazed on Jonah's head so that he grew faint. And now we get the dramatic Jonah again. He says, he wanted to die and said, it would be better for me to die than to live. But God said to Jonah, and he asked this question again, is it right for you to be angry about the plant? So God asked Jonah, is it right for you to be angry about me rescuing all these people? Me saving these people from calamity. Is it right for you to be angry about that? Is it right for you to be angry about a plant dying that you didn't plant? It was actually a gift of grace. It is, he said. That's how he answers it. And then he says, I'm so angry, I wish I were dead. But the Lord said, you have been concerned about this plant, though you did not tend it or make it grow. It sprang up overnight and died overnight. And should I not have concern for the great city of Nineveh? in which there are more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left hand, and also many animals. I love that it ends like that. God goes, I, sh shouldn't I care about all of these? I mean, 120,000 people? Shouldn't I care about these people who are clueless, who are lost in the darkness, Jonah? Who, what they need in their life, they don't need calamity. What they need is truth. What they need is is my love, my compassion, my grace. Oh, yeah, and they have tons of animals. So God loves animals, too. How many of you, you're a dog person in here? I think God might be a dog person. Okay, just let's be real. How many of you are cat people? Let's be honest. Okay, okay. Hey, listen. God loves you no matter who you are, even if you're a cat person. Okay, but I do think God's a dog person. So he says... Shouldn't I, shouldn't I have compassion on all these people? Shouldn't I show grace? Shouldn't I show love to all of these people who are clueless, who are lost in darkness? Jonah, don't they deserve to experience the truth and the love and the light? My question for us this, this evening is this. What upsets you? Don't answer it out loud. Just think about it like, like, what is it that upsets you? And what is it that, that you get really, really excited about that you go, man, I, I'm just so like, because, because for Jonah, he got upset about a plant. And God asked the question, is it right for you to be angry about that, Jonah? A lot of times when I, I talk to students and and, and even when I talk to adults, a lot, a lot of times people talk about, man, I just want to, you know, I, I want to go deep into God's word and I, I, I want I to grow and, and all of that. And, and, and what I think people are chasing after is, is maturity and their relationship of following Jesus. And, and I want to give you a definition of what maturity is. Because maturity is not about having all the right information. Jonah knew a whole lot about God. Jonah had a whole lot of information, but here's what he didn't have. He didn't have his heart aligned with God's heart. That's what maturity is. 
Maturity is when our heart, our lives, what gets us angry, what we get excited about, aligns with what gets God angry and what God gets excited about. That's maturity. And God is pointing out to Jonah his immaturity in this moment. His heart is not aligned with God's heart. See, God's heart is that all people would come to know him. God's heart is that all people would experience the truth, the love, the grace. 2 Peter 3, 9 says this, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. You guys remember repentance is doing a 180. If I'm running from God, I turn, repent, and now I am running to God. If I'm running to religion or I'm running towards rebellion away from God, to repent is to put my trust, my hope, my faith in Jesus to turn back to God and his leadership. Romans 10, verse 11, says this. The scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. We shared this last night. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And then these questions that are really good questions. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. God cares about people. And listen, Jonah had incredible influence. He had the opportunity to share this truth of God with Thousands and thousands of people. And here's what I want you to know tonight. You, 6th grader, 7th grader, 8th grader, ninth grader, I don't know who all snuck in here, 10th grader, I don't know who got in the vans and, and made it here. Leaders, you have incredible influence. And I think sometimes we underestimate the influence that we have. But I want you to know that you have incredible influence and you can use that influence to reflect God's light into the world around you, to be part of sharing the love of God with thousands of people. Even the most introverted person will have an impact on thousands of people in their lifetime. You have incredible influence and you never know what God might do if you choose to go, okay, God, I'm going to align my heart with your heart. God, you're crazy about people. No matter who they are, no matter what they've done, God, you're crazy about them. And so I want to be a part of sharing your light with the world around you. When I was in junior high, I wanted nothing to do with church. My parents divorced when I was a kid, and I did this rebellious phase of life where I wanted nothing to do with church. I wanted nothing to do with God. I just wanted to go out and, and have fun and, and try and do all these things, the rebellious route to try and fulfill my soul and fill my life, and none of them were working, and my mom was worried about me. I was living with my mom. My siblings were living with my dad, and with a single parent who's watching me take all of these decisions and paths and bad decision after bad decision, she was concerned for me, so she said, I really want you to go to church. I was like, I don't want to go to church. And she had the youth pastor come to me and say, hey, would you come three times in a row? And if after three times in a row, you don't want to come back, you don't have to come back. And I'm like, I could go to church three times in a row. Because it used to be every Sunday, I'd be like, oh, I don't feel good. Oh, I'm sick. Oh, I can't. No, I don't want to. 
And so I remember going that first time, and I walked into the junior high group, and I remember looking around going, I don't know anybody in this junior high group. As I looked around, I thought, you know what? Three times I'm going to be done. I'm never going to come back to this place. And everybody was kind of talking to each other, and and nobody really noticed. And I, I sat in the back, and there was a couch in the back of the youth room, and I sat down on it, and I thought, okay, I just need to get through this hour. And then there was this junior hire. He was one grade older than me. His name's Andy Harowitz. He has no idea that I use his name when I talk about him, that that I'm telling his story right now. This is, well, decades ago. I'm not going to give you the number, but it was a while ago. And and Andy Harowitz walked up to me, fellow junior hire, and here's what he said. And these words changed my life. He said, do you want to sit with me? How many of you here, just by show of hands, you would be able and you have the courage to have somebody who's maybe a stranger, somebody who walks into the youth group to say, hey, would you, would you want to sit with me? Just give me a raise of, of hands if that's something that you could have the courage. Oh, yes. Okay, all of us. You have the power to do that. And this very simple invitation ended up transforming my, my life because now I had somebody to sit with and I sat next to Andy Harowitz for this entire hour and then youth group was done. And at the very end, we didn't talk the whole time. We just sat next to each other. There was like zero conversation. It was actually probably quite awkward. Uh, And then at the end of it, he said, hey, I'll see you next week. And that was it. And I came back the next week. And I sat next to Andy Harowitz. And then I met some other kids in the youth group and started to build some friendships. And by the third week, I didn't have to hang out with just Andy because I, I had made some other friends over here. Guys, I never stopped going to church. I'm still here decades later, and I'm still following Jesus because Jesus transformed my life. When Andy Harowitz allowed the love of just a simple invitation to sit next to him to be reflected through his life into mine. You guys never know what God might do through a simple invitation, a simple act of kindness, a simple act of reflecting the love of Jesus in the world around us. This week at camp, I, I introduced my son at the beginning. He doesn't know I'm doing this, so I might be embarrassing him. I don't care. We're leaving. You guys don't really know us. So uh, we, we get to camp, and I have my 14-year-old son, and, and as we're hanging out, there, there were some, some kids at one of the youth groups who said, hey, do you want to come sit with us? And as a dad, I'm watching my son experience what I experienced as a junior hire. Simple invitation. Hey, do you want to sit and have, have a meal with us? Do you want to sit at our table? Hey, do you want to hang out with us? We're, we're going to do this thing during free time. Do you want to play broom hockey? How, how simple of an invitation. But I watched my son go from just kind of hanging out with dad this weekend, which would have been fine if that's all we did this weekend. But now he's connected and he's hanging out and he's making friends. And I'm going, wow, this is beautiful. And this is what the church is meant to be. The people that we don't even know, we would say, hey, even if I don't know you, and even if you don't behave the same way I do, you belong here. And I'm watching through my son. And let me just tell you, as a dad, I love seeing that happen in the life of my son. And listen, our Heavenly Father loves people more than anything. He loves people more than anything. He loves the kid that's going to show up at your youth group that nobody knows who they are. And they don't know who anybody else is. Listen, God loves that kid more than anything. And God wants you to take the love that you've received, the grace that you've received, and to share it with that kid. 
God wants you to take the love, the truth that you've experienced at camp this weekend and to share it at your schools, to share it with your family, to share it with your friends in your neighborhood. Guys, that's what the Christian life is. We receive the love of God and we give it away. Paul says, how are people going to know? How are they going to know? How are they going to call on the one they have not believed in? How are they going to believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? How can they preach unless they are sent? I think sometimes we way overcomplicate it. Jonah said eight words and an entire city repented. In John chapter 4, Jesus encounters this woman at a well, and, and, and she, had, she had a lot of things in her story that she was ashamed of. And Jesus just asks questions and listens and speaks truth and shares love in that moment, just letting her know that, okay, she's seen, she's not alone, and what does she do? She goes into the town and she says, hey, come and see. Come and see a man who told me everything I've ever done. Could it be that he's the Savior? And the whole town shows up, and they, they put their trust in Jesus. There's a man that's born blind, and Jesus heals this man born blind and sends him down to this pool, and he washes, and he's coming up, and these guys are asking him all these theological questions, and he doesn't know the answers. By the way, if somebody asks you questions about the Bible or theology, and theology is the study of God, if you're like, what does that word even mean? And you're like, I don't, I don't, I don't know the answers to all of these questions. Here's what you say. You ready? You say, I don't know. And that's what this guy does. He says, I don't know. Here's, here's the one thing I know. I was blind, and now I see. And God uses that testimony, he uses that story of this guy going, this is just what I've seen Jesus do in my life to transform the lives of others. And they start asking more questions, and he's like, do you want to be a Jesus follower too? Because he changed my life, he could change yours. And he, he gives this invitation, but he keeps it really simple. And I think for some of us, we've way overcomplicated it. The Christian life, practically speaking, is learning to receive the love of God and then giving it away to others. For God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. How many of you have heard that verse before? That's John 3, 16. I want to read to you the next verse, verse 17. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. God is on a mission. Not of condemnation for people, but of salvation. To share the truth and the grace of who he is and what he's done for us. But the question is, who will go? Who will say, yes, God, I want to be used by you. I want to be a part of what you're doing in the world. I want to be a mirror that reflects the light of Jesus. Last night, people stood up and they declared Jesus as Lord. Here's what I want to do tonight. I want to have another courageous moment. If you would be willing to say, Robert, you know what? As I'm, as I'm studying Jonah and you guys were reading through it and underlining things, God, God, as you've been speaking to us this weekend, if you're here and you're like, you know what? I don't want to just go to church. I want to be the church. Church is not a building that you sit in. The church is a movement that you choose to be a part of to reflect the light of Jesus into the world around you. If you're like, you know what? I don't want to just go to church. I want to be the church. I want to be Andy Harowitz in the life of a junior hire, of somebody showing up, or I, I want to be willing to go, hey, I don't have all the answers, but here's what I do know. I was blind and I see Jesus transformed my life at camp. If you would be willing so bold to maybe invite somebody to say, hey, would you just come and see? See, God did something in my life, and, and I just want to invite you, come and see. Could it be that this is the Savior of the world? 
If you would be willing to, to be courageous, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to count to three here in a moment, and I'm going to ask that you would stand up right where you are, and you would declare with your mouth, I will go, because the question is, who will go? Who will go? Who will reflect the light, the love of Jesus? If that's you, and you're like, you know what? I don't want to just attend church. I don't want to just go to church, but I want to be a part of what God is doing in the world. I'm going to count to three, and I'm going to ask that you would stand right where you are, and you just say out loud, I will go. Ready? One, two, three. Right where you are. Awesome. Keep standing. Keep standing. Guys, think about this for a moment. Just look around at all those who are standing around you. What if What if each one of us said, okay, God, I'm going to be a mirror that reflects your love into the world. Do you guys realize the world is going to be a better place? You guys realize that there are those who are lost in darkness that are going to experience the light because you said, God, I'm willing to go. Would you use me to be a part of what you're doing in the world? Guys, this is a beautiful thing. Keep standing. I want to pray a blessing over you guys. And let's not let this end here. Let this be a catalyst, meaning let this be a moment That's a starting line, not a finish line that we go, okay, guys, here we go. God, what are you going to do? And guys, let me just tell you, God's going to do more than you could ever imagine if you were willing to go. To invite people, to love people, to say, hey, would you sit with me? To look for opportunities, to share your story. I was blind, now I see. To invite somebody, could it be this is the Savior of the world? Just pray with me. Father, for each person standing and declaring that they are willing to go, God, would you take them up? on that commitment. God, would your light shine so brightly in their lives, not for their sake alone, but for the sake of those around them. May they be a mirror that reflects your light into the darkness. God, would they be the church, not go to church, but be the church. Jesus, you said you would build your church, and I believe this is it. God, thanks for using us. Thanks for inviting us to be a part of the work that you're doing in the world. And God, we pray in advance for the hundreds, for the thousands, kids, students, adults who are going to be impacted by those who are standing in this room right now. God, may there be a great celebration when we all gather together in heaven to glorify your name. And for everyone here, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you. Be gracious to you. May he lift his countenance upon you. May he give you peace. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And all God's people said, amen.